0: My guest this week is Stuart Hughes, an actor you might know from the films This Beautiful City, Small Town, Murder Songs, and It, or from his appearances on Blood and Water, Killjoys, Republic of Doyle, Murdoch Mysteries, and the final season of Orphan Black. And he co stars with Richard Clarkin in The Drawer Boy, which is now streaming on highball.tv after a theatrical run last month. Stuart chose Days of Heaven, Terence Malick's 1978 drama set on the Texas Panhandle around 1916. Richard Gere and Brooke Adams are Bill and Abby, a couple who pose as brother and sister to move through the world unnoticed. But when Bill points Abby at Sam Shepard's wealthy but ailing farm owner in an attempted grift, a phony courtship turns into something more and gradually poisons everyone's relationships. It's all witnessed by Bill's young daughter Linda, played by the unknown Linda Manns, whose narration gives the events a lyrical texture they probably don't deserve. It's a rapturous work from a filmmaker of profound talent, and 40 years later, it still stirs the heart and soul in ways I don't fully understand. But Stuart can tell you. This is someone else's movie.
1: I think when I first saw it, I was sort of uh, awed by it. Um, And just sort of immediately fell in love with it. You know, and I think the obvious thing is, and you hear everybody talk about it, you know, is the look of the film. I just found myself uh, taken by that splendor. Um, uh, The cinematographer's work and his his desire and love of... uh, you know, that natural lighting, mm-hmm. that magic hour. Um, it just sort of drew me in, but it was also... It, there was a, so, something at play that I, I sort of, I think, I, I noticed and I felt more than anything and and have been, have been able to articulate uh, as an observer more seeing it uh, again. Right, yeah. And that maybe... The performances and the restraint
0: mm-hmm.
1: in in um, particularly, I would say, Shepard's performance. Yeah. At first I found it, you know, Sam Shepard's performance was, um, I was immediately maybe more drawn to Richard Gere. I was a young man when I saw it. I think I was in university um, uh, at the time. You know, performance major, and, uh, uh, you know, Gear was... His performance was much more, in a way, to me at the time, confident.
0: Right, it's livelier, right? It's I mean, livelier. It's he's, he's
1: more visceral, you know, strapping kind of a, uh, a young man. Um, a scrabble kind of type. Yeah. And, but when we first meet Shepard in the film, he's very reserved, and his performance is very understated and withdrawn, almost. Uh, and unlike maybe the persona that I we have of him now or have had of him now yeah. as he's grown older and uh, you know he's a bit of a tough old cuss you know and uh, um, uh, or well, he's, was he's the western I he's feel, the western right? like, like, figure
0: as, as in our memory that's right and what right stuff was maybe five years away yes right Major. Uh, but yeah and seeing him as this sort of gentlemanly this young uncertain hesitant person and then yeah, compounding it with the fact that he's dying and he won't acknowledge it to anyone. That's he just, right. He doesn't seem to be ill. He's just very still and very removed. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. There's, there's a,
1: um, a, a sort of a, a eggshell-like quality to him mm, yeah. that I found. And, and it, it, I think it maybe even bothered me. I kind of didn't get it maybe at first. But now, when I see the film, or w- when I've seen it since, mm. that original uh, viewing, I kind of just am struck between... All the main characters in it and their, you know, being able to complement one another. Yeah. The give and take of it is really something. Yeah. And and then as as I sort of look at it even more uh, so, I find the tension of it is, I think, what I'm drawn to. Mm -hmm. But without being obvious... Uh, so that you know immediately you start off with that the the, the stills those, those great sort of black and white stills of the you know almost Jacob Rees like uh, things yeah. uh, uh, photographs but then uh, that set up that industrial sort of Chicago or industrial city industrial New York and then you get right into the immediate that, that s- steel melting uh, plant and uh, the violence that instantly happens there uh, and then you then you're set up and then they start taking that the you know the kind of cuts to a quick uh, piedmont kind of a blues thing that mm, yeah. you go oh yeah here we go we're going into a hobo like world and the train going across the track and and you see them arrive into the the open west the wild you know what is these these beautiful fields um, yeah, the
0: sort of that unspoiled naturalistic thing that, that Malick uses constantly, but yeah. that everyone thinks of days of heaven. That's uh, right. Ev- that's, it's the... Yeah, so I didn't want no. to derail you yeah. this, but but what surprised me this time through was how elliptical it is, how there's no connective tissue, it's just drifting from one thing to the next. Ye- but it, we assemble a narrative in our minds, so it sounds much more linear when you're talking about it, but... We're we're
1: with them, flowing through these moments, and it, it almost feels like sort of a like a in nineteen you know a, a, a depression uh, Tom Sawyer's in a way that you fall you, yeah. you go down this river yeah uh, of of events that that culminate in in obviously what is it
0: yeah like a myth, tragic end like a mythical American story yes happening in front of us yeah. live instead of being told to us we're watching the myth happen we're watching it form mm-hmm. uh, because it's being remembered through. a a child a younger kid anyway and that Uh, narration the amazing Linda Mann yeah Yeah. that
1: narration is is uh, unbelievable that young young actor uh, Linda Manson yeah
0: yeah, she's fantastic
1: and apparently they did uh, as he was you know putting it trying to edit edit it it took like you know two years or something and he wasn't quite getting what he wanted and then he went and had her sit down and watch it and apparently they got about somebody told me like 60 Uh. hours 60 hours or something of, of narration. narration. I can believe that. His yeah.
0: process is so fascinating. Um, it's weird, too. We're doing... We seem to be doing... Uh, people are bringing his movies to this show in chronological order. Are they? Yeah. Um, uh, Becky Johnson picked Badlands about a year mm. and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And now this. Yeah. And I'm. people have been hinting that they want to do The Thin Red Line, and we almost did a Tree of Life episode last year, but really. it didn't happen. So it's almost like the organizational principle is beyond me. It's just... <laughs> The Cosmos is going to drop a Terrence Malick movie on it, me every year. Right, right. And it's great because it spaces them out in a way, and I get to revisit them um, in chronological order mm-hmm. and realize this time through that he's always done this thing. I I kept thinking, you know, The Thin Red Line has the illusion of being a narrative film because it's a war movie right. and there are, there are battles and there's a sequence of events, and, mm-hmm. and Days of Heaven is a straight line as well, but they're not... Really about the events that happen chronologically, they're about the way that people experience them and the memories thereof. So we're kind of floating back and forth in time, even when the movie is moving in a straight line. Right. And watching Days of Heaven this time through, I realized just how little exposition there is, just how little concern there is for what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's all about mm-hmm. what people are feeling.
1: Yes. And I, in this incredible created world, I, I find with a lot of his work, what I, I, how I approach it. And I do this with certain plays. That you you get into the theater, or you you know you get into a museum and see a piece of work. And sometimes with certain things, you just have to let them sort of wash over you, yeah. and just let them flow through you. And then something happens, but it's not in a it's not in a um, a direct way. It's 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 in a a, a subtler way. Mm-hmm. And in, for me, has, a, has those kinds of experiences have a longer have more of a longevity with me. Sure. Both emotionally and then then intellectually, you know, I begin to sort of see things in the piece, which is what happened with Days of uh, Heaven. You know, I think almost immediately, the first thing that happens, the first bit of uh, text aside from the narration, is somebody says, you know, uh, that beautiful uh, uh, farm um, uh, manager... Red guy Robert Wilk. Oh yes. You know, face the shoe leather. Yeah. He looked but uh he he sort of says uh, they get off the the train and he says to uh, the young Richard Gere, can you can you sack or something and Gere says uh you can see he's lying he goes yes. Yeah. And immediately what happens for me in the, in the film is that lie at, and the the uh uh where it's going. Yeah. You, you can you can talk you, about the you can yeah, the, well. the the um the lie and the murder that happened in the... Or the accident that happened in right. Chicago. Oh, and that's they, a murder. He kills him. Yeah, he straight up beats him to death. Uh, but I think it was accidental.
0: You know, I think... Didn't intend to, me. Yeah, d- 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 He it, really wanted to hit him. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, no, he I, wanted to hit him, there's no doubt, but I, th- I think he didn't want it necessarily to put <laughs> him Sure, up. yeah,
0: I think we're, we, we're introduced to him as someone who can't control his temper and mm-hmm. also has a really strong moral code, which is bizarre. Yeah. Uh, because he's he thinks he's defending his honor whenever he's doing
1: something... Cruel or horrible, right? But he keeps doing it. No, yeah, and, and uh, it, it, he. Uh, but that lie, I think, sets. It's like a Greek myth then, or a Greek, oh, the Greek story. Yeah, sure. You thing. can feel it all of a sudden start to happen, uh, and uh, and uh, I, I sort of um, uh, the inevitable is is not going to be pretty, and yeah. of course it isn't. And and I think not only that lie. But in a way, Sam Shepard's characters lie. Sam Shepard's characters lie. He's lying to himself. Sure. That uh, uh, farm manager, that ranch manager says to him, there's something wrong with those people. And he won't, he won't, uh, he dismisses it. Yeah, no. And he won't see it for what it is, um, that they're about ready to try and bamboozle him. Mm
0: -hmm. But it's a fascinating plan, because it's a terrible plan. I mean, on its face, it's an awful planet. Yeah. It is transparent. Everyone will see through it. Yeah. Uh, Brooke Adams is incredibly conflicted yeah. about what, she, what is being asked of her. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a lie that makes everyone feel better. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a, a comforting scam it, it, in a really a strange well, way. I think
1: because it's hopeful. Yeah. There is hope that these people who, who you can see are coming from the underbelly of, of an ugly city. Mm-hmm might actually have a shot at something. Yeah. Even though they're going about it in the most dastardly way. Yeah, and it's making a dying man happy.
0: Ah. Although they don't know he's dying yet, but the the sense of that they're taking advantage of him by giving him something he wants and that he genuinely lives up to his side of the bargain over the course of the film, it just makes it sadder and sadder. And yeah, yeah watching it start is the worst part now, emotionally, because we know how it ends right. on second yeah. and third and fourth viewings. Mm-hmm and i think this is the weirdest thing i think malik knows i think the editing is telling us that like there's no there's no artifice in the way the film is constructed even though it's a completely constructed movie mm-hmm. it's a period film it's edited to within an inch of his life to be this experience yes but it doesn't it feels natural and and evocative and gentle and and deeply deeply emotionally involved yes and i Still don't know how he does that in this specific film. I always remember it as being much longer than it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and not in a negative way. No, no. Not slow. Just I remember. I think I always think it's two and a half hours, and yeah. it turns out to be ninety three minutes. Uh-huh. You just soak in it. You yes, s- you
1: steep in it. Yes, you steep in it, don't you? Yeah. I know. There's there's an image I have. One of the first images you you have again of the farmer, uh, of Shepherd mm-hmm. Sam Shepherd, is is him standing on top of the roof. Or, or, or it's the windmill, yeah just overseeing <laughs> f- 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 yeah overseeing the events that start to happen around that a- and that that house that he lives in in that background in that surrounding which is which is nothing but field,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is like a monument in a way yeah and it, and it, it stands there like uh, both a, both a, a, an image of prosperity but also of doom in a way you know yeah. for me and and uh, like a tomb for him like a tomb a for him tomb. And, and you and that 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 windmill goes up and then finally at the end when he sees that the brother what he thinks of, or has been told the brother right. and sister actually kissing out in the outside the shed you see sam shepherd witness it that thing is going right behind him and you can see it just ratcheting him up and it has that sort of but it's a very not it's placed so naturally mm-hmm. that you go don't go oh this is a device this is you know uh it just it, it it is a part of the world yeah and uh i love films like that you know i, I love i love you know the clothes look lived in you know and that uh, there's a, a guy who did those who's um uh uh, Patricia Norris, I think, was her name, and she did also things like McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Right. There's a sense of like, yeah, Twelve uh, Years a Slave. Yes. Then uh, you know, I, uh, know that what she did was she would get old, cl- old, um, old cloth, old materials, and then build the costumes out of that.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's not distressing costumes; it's building costumes that are already distressed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I remember uh, talking to Wayne Robson, who worked on, say, McCabe and Mrs. Miller, and they just had reen, uh, you know, or uh, racks and racks of clothes and the actors would come and then build the costumes themselves and Altman would say, go, you, you create it. Yeah. And then they lived in it and they built that structure in that particular film right there through the course of the making of the film.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing to think about making... I, I mean, I'm always struck by the idea that if you move the camera two feet in any direction in a period film, you'll catch a guy in a t-shirt, you know, with a cigarette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Then you hear about movies like Unforgiven, where he used to ban banned cars. Yes, yeah. People had to come to set on horseback, mm-hmm. because he didn't want any sign of trails in the snow. Right. No tire tracks. Yeah, yeah. And then you think about Malik and, and his... Um, I don't know if it's fair to call it obsessive. It's just how he works, yes. right? It's his approach, and, and because he won't talk about it himself... I mean, I've, I've interviewed Martin Sheen and Jessica Chastain, and uh. people have worked with him, and nobody wants to talk about it. And it's not in a negative protective way they just don't want to go
1: there yeah yeah
0: and so he's this incredible mystery and i i know that he's working with humans from the 1970s in this movie that mm-hmm. you're surrounded by them mm-hmm. gear couldn't be like more contemporary if you tried it's no. just the way he holds himself yes yes but it casts the spell the finished film makes you believe that they went to 1914 and shot it yeah. somehow yeah. or 1922 whenever it's set uh, yeah it there isn't a single thing in it that feels out of place, and, no. and that's the costumes, and that's the production design, and the music, and, and the cinematography, and and it's just Brooke Adams looks like a ghost of, of somebody who lived in that Does, era, doesn't she? With points. a little quirky yeah.
1: smile and twisted. Yeah. I, I worked with her briefly on a, a at a workshop on of a play out in Los Angeles. Oh I was yeah. out there, and it was my one. It was a real regret that I never just went up to her. I think I was too shy. Yeah. To go up to her and just tell her how much her performance in that thing, you know, blew me away. Yeah. Again, we it's we not, all have those moments. It's yeah, yeah. Comes. I remember talking, okay. I knew uh, very good friends with uh, an actor on um, The New World with Malik. Oh, yeah. And I knew two different actors. One of them was a uh, younger cat, and, and uh, he loved the experience. And Malik incorporated him um, to, uh, you know, help also... He was not only acting in it, but he also had a dance background. And so he helped devise a, oh. a, a language for the, uh, for the, the people in, in, the, uh, in the film. So that they would... Uh, uh, a physical language? Yeah, physical language. So that they would, you know, incorporate the deer or something out in the woods where they were hunting. And it was really f- fascinating and it was something that Malik kind of just developed as it was happening the other actor said i ran into him at an award ceremony and he said you know what that guy's crazy and that was the end of the conversation you know and this is the older one yeah it was the older gentleman it's amazing yeah he just didn't want to have anything to do with him he was writing him completely off um you know but i think in a way you know to to uh sort of bring it I think that's what I liked so much about our, our, the making of the, uh, the Drawer Boy mm-hmm. was that it um, it was very lived in too, and I, it, it was not a large budget, but what they were able to create, um, and, and we as a company and uh, you know cast and and stuff, I, it, it felt very lived in. Right. That that's what I uh, enjoy so much when I when I've seen the film. Uh, first time I saw it, went down to uh, there was a, a, a screening of it at a film festival in Indiana, Heartland Film Festival, and I got you know taken down there. And I went to, uh, to see it, and I wasn't quite. It was the first time I really seen it, and I'd seen parts of it, you know, on a small computer when at home, and I was you know, going. Ah, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I was whether I I I'm okay with my own stuff. Sure, it's you know, a different relationship. Yeah, you're yeah. Seeing
0: something in pieces and small in literally small sizes like that. But, but I, I
1: seeing it in this, uh, you know, in a large cinema and stuff and with an audience was really uh, telling and, and that they were enjoying it and they went along for the ride and, the, and, and then were taken to um, um, places that I think they weren't expecting with it. Yeah. Um, but it was that lived-in feel and you know we all kind of hunkered in and lived you know the three leads Richard and I and Jacob Eamon and Richard talking. we all lived together and uh, we could work at night you know when we got home after shooting go go like uh, we don't need that line maybe we, or how, what can we do here and and so it was we would show up the next day to shoot, shoot whatever we were shooting the next day and uh, you know be able to uh, talk with Aviva and Arturo and and uh, you know run stuff filter things through them and, and collectively and, and uh, Cabot
0: yeah well a production the small, is going to be like a, a little family right? Like a little yeah. shop that's together all the time
1: yeah and, and I had just come out, you know I shot a bit on a film called It which was a big right enormous budget oh yeah and then went immediately from that off to do this this piece and both pleasurable but for very different reasons uh, but this one was—I I, I li- I think I like it when you have that collaborative quality, and you can actually kind of uh, really s- grapple with things and, 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 and struggle with uh, points of view, and, and you know, uh, as friends and as colleagues, but, but really kind of get to something. And not that that didn't happen, say, with that larger, larger film. It sure. was very playful as well, but yeah, but it is but in a, a different way. I
0: mean, with it, you're dealing with, with it. I love talking about it because it always you have to check yourself and say, well, the movie it it is this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a machine. Anything that big, anything with effects and with that level of character juggling and, and you know multiple locations and multiple. I mean, mm-hmm. with the sequel, we're getting multiple time points and yes, all the yeah. other things. There, there is so much going on at any given moment that there's just the actors can curl up in a corner somewhere themselves if they're lucky. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Between setups, but you don't get to interact with the entire production on the screen No, floor. no, no. I mean people tell me that over and over again that the um, the mid-range films are disappearing, so the smaller ones are the ones where you have the opportunity to really kick out. Yeah. yeah, do something personal and meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you'll get a bigger picture that has room for it. Yes. And yeah. we're seeing those now. We're like I think people are starting to get comfortable with the idea that you can have performance in a great big studio picture. Again, mm-hmm. like there was a time when that just wasn't allowed. Yeah. And we're back yeah. to it. But, yeah, something... I mean, well, to bring it back to Days of Heaven, the the idea that this is the thing that Malik wanted to do after Badlands, and yes, that Paramount let him. <laughs> you know, like, Here you go, have some money, yeah. go off into the frontier that you build for yourself, yeah. and see what comes out of it. Like the idea that this experimental process that he went through... Was a, was not just accepted but encouraged at the time. I, I mean, know. now he can do it because he's Terrence Malick. But mm-hmm. at the time, he was a guy who made one movie
1: yes. that everybody liked. Yes,
0: and, and then he gave him quite
1: a you know I three mean, three million dollars, whatever it was, that, yeah. it, to start with, right? The and leap of it, faith involved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have to say that you know everybody kind of cans on uh on uh, um Oh, Heaven's, heaven's Gate. Cr- it is the int- it, it's a nice parallel though, uh, isn't uh, it? But I love it. I go and watch. You know, I've seen that film a number of times now. I guess, uh, over the years, and I find that that has that that affects me in the same way. Not emotionally, but yeah. but in terms of the way it, it unfolds, and and uh, the idiosyncratic things that happen. You know, the roller skating scene in in that uh, it, it is like like the you see the old itinerant workers in Days of Heaven tap dancing and doing the doing you know on an old old uh door that they've ripped off and thrown out um yeah
0: just the idea that life that you know people find ways to entertain
1: themselves in the middle of this nothingness yes yes so you you see joy uh and and homemade joy Mm -hmm. um because the soul needs it i think uh, in juxtaposition to the 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 Toil and the yeah, struggle the, that they have to do to survive. The
0: constant
1: work. Yeah, that's the,
0: that's the thing. That uh, another thing I noticed this time through is that it's not just the detail of the work; it's the oppressiveness of it. Mm-hmm. That you that this is what was expected of people. Yes, that you would go out and do this backbreaking labor. Uh, the men, the women, the children, if possible. Yeah. like everybody gets pulled into it because if they don't, they don't eat. They don't get fed. They don't yeah. get paid. And and how just how completely um, powerless anybody is below the level of supervisor mm-hmm. to, to do anything other than the job. Yeah, And if you get hurt, it doesn't matter. And if you can't do it, it doesn't matter. And just the way that somebody gets docked a day's pay, because, or Brooke Adams, right, and her team, for, just that's right don't for line them up a... properly or something.
1: I uh, You know, there was a scene, there was a moment where the, you see the, that young Girl up on the hay bale, and the belts are you know from the machinery is going. <laughs> oh yeah, know, running, waiting for her to die. The first time I saw that, yeah, looks uh, so dangerous. Anyone who spent I spent a fair bit of time in my life on farms and working on farms and tobacco farms and <laughs> <laughs> I picked tobacco as a kid and you know and on my uncle's farm I lived there mm-hmm. and a chunk of time and worked there and and uh, y- 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 you know. Disaster is yeah. just always around the corner, and and you have to be savvy around those machines, or yeah. or you're going to lose a finger and arms. Yeah, and and you know, so. I mean, I'm a to, city kid. Anything with more than one gear is frightening to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, but but you see that stuff, and 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 the expectation that they have to be working. Uh, at in close proximity, gear has this long coat, flowing coat, and I keep thinking, oh, don't don't get near those, the, you know, those gear shafts. Yeah. They're going to take you down. It was the pitchfork thing for me, the thresher. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Where those
0: those tines just keep smashing out and yeah. back again, and yeah. people are right next to them. And you know, it's a camera trick. I'm sure everybody is completely you know, yeah, safe, but, but the characters aren't, and that's the danger. No, you're just and, constantly aware of how badly things can go.
1: Yeah, it it reminds you know. I know that they looked when they were uh, when. the, the both Malik and, uh, uh, Nestor. interested. Yeah. We're working on, uh, working on developing the look of the thing. They were looking at like Vermeer and that, uh, and, uh, but for me, it's sort of a cross, like between, uh, like a Bruegel painting mm-hmm. and, a, and, and Thomas Hart Benton's work, those great murals, American murals of oh, farmers yeah. working in the, you know, uh, uh, from uh, the '40s and, and so, yeah. and, and, and but but there's an ugliness to Bruegel's work uh, uh, that I find, uh, you know, that great sort of Flemish Dutch uh, Renaissance painter, where it's uh, there's a there's an ugliness to the those laborers in a way. There's a there's something um,
0: it's kind of a rough hewn thing to it. Yeah, yeah the sense that they
1: been damaged and lived through this yeah and just have to keep going and yet there's celebration too in in it um but not only visually the 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 colors and stuff that both those painters use but but uh, those the combination of what they bring um to their work i find that for me that's what sort of speaks in to me in days of heaven there was a there's a there's a there's a I think what I would drew me, you asked me originally what, what it was that I, I loved about the film, yeah, yeah, and I think it was again, a sense of authenticity, again, having you know spent a fair bit of time in rural situations that that's what pulled me in. I thought they get it. They understand that people's clothes that they're you know are worn, and they're not uh, studio looking things, um, that their hands are are thick with work and yeah. and uh and scarred and and i i felt that certainly watching it and i i uh, appreciated it
0: yeah it feels like the answer to a lot of older hollywood films where everything was just a little too machine tooled and a little too the costumes were new even though they looked distressed you, yes you know nothing against the grapes of wrath but it was made at a certain point of time yes. where movies were a certain way yeah and this you know again nobody ever really includes Malick in the new Hollywood just because he only made a couple of films in the 70s and most of them were on the other like Badlands came out just as that movement was starting to slow down Right. and Days of Heaven you know it was competing with what in 78 it was up against Deer Hunter Deer was Hunter. in there right yeah well that's a, another new Hollywood film I guess with Cimino. but but I'm yeah. thinking more like there was a sec- there was a second smoking the Bandit in production. Right. The world was already changing. Yeah, yeah. Close Encounters was in theaters. Yeah, or still it was holding the Star Wars and Close Encounters were both still holding on when Days of Heaven came out, and I just it's such a strange place for this film to emerge from because the movement was over. They were already turning towards more commercial projects and going
1: back to it. You mean yeah? Yeah.
0: Well, back to it. Yeah. Um, yeah Paramount made this. Yeah. The same year they made. I mean, it was supposed to come out in 77, right, originally, and then it got slowed down in mm, post. Right. This would have been out the same year as Saturday Night Fever, which just bends my head in a way. Mm-hmm, it doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense at all. How can the same... Stu- I mean, that's what they did. They made more than one kind of movie. Yeah, yes. But this thing is so strange and unique and so insistently authentic on some, in a way that... you know. And, and the other thing, too, it was only 50 years earlier. The period they're talking about was still memory for right. people. Now it's almost 100 years later mm-hmm. and... and we're just, we look at it like an artifact because of Malik's own reputation as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, again, it really surprised me to see his style so fully formed in Days of Heaven. I mean, there's not a lot of distance between this and even uh, Tree of Life. You, you, you're so right there because
1: with a guy who's not had like a lead-up, a ramp-up, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just like full-bodied. It is pretty incredible, isn't yeah. it? Badlands is a more
0: conventional production, yeah. I would say. Just because the, the true crime aspect of it almost makes mm. it have to be that mm-hmm. way. But it has the voiceover and it has this, this strange melancholy and it has the this, this, this fascination with the natural world that defines all of his work. Right. But with this one, it's just like, oh, no, no, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And you feel it just sort of snap into place maybe four minutes in. This is a Terrence Malick film. As we now know, a Terrence Malick film is
1: 40 years later. Yeah he he was just there the, the, it's uh don't aren't you uh amazed i am you know when you hear oh they were actually hoping to get this actor to yeah, play this yeah. part and then you hear you know what the right guy or the right girl right woman ended up playing that part yeah you can't
0: i mean it, I, I can't imagine even though gear is a contemporary looking person and it's still weird to see him, it stops being an issue after about 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't imagine anybody else playing that role. He has that, that weird mercurial thing that he used to do that he doesn't anymore. Cause now he's just, he's older and he's doing different stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. a, it's not a, a knock against him, but there was that period from the, the you know it's Gigolo yeah yeah I yeah. was going to say it's why Schrader cast him in American Gigolo it's what made him perfect for the Breathless remake in a weird yeah, yeah, way yeah, yeah, which yeah. you know has now been sort of reclaimed as a good movie after mm-hmm. being crapped on for years he could do that weird thing where you could see right through him yes and, and it was an asset as an actor yes and he was a he looked he could play a bad actor
1: I think is uh-huh. what I'm trying to say yes yeah yeah
0: you could see him be disreputable and unbelievable and and Untrustworthy. Yes, and he's so good at that. And in this, he's playing someone whose entire life is a performance. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. except when he's alone with Adams, he doesn't ever drop that
1: facade. No, and you know what I th- think is is quite complex about his performance. He has all exactly what you're saying, and you realize he's 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 a he's, a, he's by by circumstance he's having to scam all the way through. His life is a scam. Yeah, yeah, but. There's a moment when he comes back to the farm after being away, leaves her, and she's okay. married, sh- Shepherd, and he goes to her, something... He has a moment where he says to her, you don't have nothing to be sorry about. I set you up. I, I made you do it. Mm-hmm. And there's a re- such regret. Um, uh, it's very subtle, but but you can see that he, he gets... It's all f- dropped. The yeah. facade is dropped in a moment. And I thought, you know, when I saw that moment, this past viewing, I thought, wow, that's that's beautiful what he did there. Yeah, and it's almost like he's figuring it out himself in the moment.
0: Yeah. And it's only just occurring to him how much damage he's done to this relationship. Yes, yes. Because before that, it was just a thing. It wasn't anything you had to think about.
1: No, it was, you know, he can get past it. He can he can compartmentalize his yeah. thinking or something to get, you know, but but to see the longing for... Something that he's now lost It was, was heartbreaking, I mm-hmm. Yeah. As the, you know, the young girl's performance, I find so heartbreaking, too, when after the first season, uh, you know, the the workers have to get on that train and leave, and she's stuck there yeah. with a friendship that she's created or had with an older, slightly older girl. And the girl says, ah, you know, see you later. And they, she jumps on the train and off she goes. And you see this young girl just sitting in the field, standing in the field, and it's the same kind of feeling at the end of the film I have, it's such melancholy, for what is that young girl's life going to be, and where is she going to go after everything that she's seen and been through? A sort of an aimless, yeah, uh, aimlessness, uh, and you can tell she's bright, and you can tell she's she's a, a smart young thing, but. It's maybe unharnessed, or it, won't, it has been unnurtured.
0: Yeah, well, the tone of the narration makes her sound dazed, yes. almost. So she's remembering things fondly, but we can tell that she's not fully grasping it all. Yeah, the movie is there to sort of bring it all into focus in a way that she's incapable of focusing on. So we get to see what really happened, and she has this pleasant-ish kind of reverie. Mm-hmm. And I'm just still don't know where she is when she's. Giving that narration where the character is supposed to be
1: don't you find sometimes that that narration takes you down almost into like Dante's Inferno oh, like when she talks about like you know I met this guy ding dong you know he told me about the life and it was going to be you know people were going to burn in hell or whatever and you know if they didn't live right God looks at us one way or another you yeah. know you do bad you're never going to get to heaven like she, she has that quality that's where, true where, there's, and there's that, more knowingness in that yeah I yeah it, it's, it's, it's almost um frightening the the understanding that she has in in those narrations because that's what's going to happen and when those locusts arrive on that on those in the, in the field yeah you see these farm workers beating this stuff out and it's almost like they're doing you know saint vitus's know, it's dance like right it's, it's quirky and it's 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 uh it's it's uh um disjointed almost yeah.
0: it's inhuman
1: it's inhuman it's, and
0: it's this the scale of the film just suddenly shifts too, because and of course some brain, some part of my brain is going, oh, that's not CG. They did that. They had to do this because yeah. it was forty years ago and the tech didn't exist to fake it. No, they're setting fires and beating them out, and those actors are probably on fire for real. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's a doubling of the nightmare that that people must have experienced at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because isn't that bizarre too that we've reached this place now where for 70 years people would go to see movies and think oh that's not real and now <laughs> we're parts of our head are, are are fixed in the present and knowing when we see something that is real even mm-hmm. if it's you know an approximation of reality yes. it's like no no those are locusts yes.
1: that's a fire yeah. this is happening i know
0: it's and again his second movie so the, so the, so the confident
1: yeah. and so assured to be able to just ride right through it
0: yeah, and make it incredibly thrilling. Like it's not just scary; it's an it's an invigorating sequence. Yes, yes. Watching the, watching the mobilization, watching everybody marshal themselves and fight it. And uh, the,
1: and the, and the, I think one of the thing, images that always stuck with me was that moment uh, where uh, uh, Gear uh, kills uh, Shepard. With a just, with a screwdriver, yeah, right in the right in the sternum,
0: yeah, and almost just reflexively doing it too. I don't think he means it. No,
1: I, it but that's happens. what that's what I mean about the, his initial, uh, mur- uh, you know, killing of mm-hmm. of uh, Stuart Mar- Mar- Margolis or oh, whatever, Margolin, yeah, Mar- right? Mar- yeah. Yeah, Mar- yeah, that actor in the in the beginning of the thing. Again, it's it was just a. Yeah, uh, uh, uh. he hits him
0: a lot, though. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's I think that's why I'm drawing the difference too. Right. The first one is a murder; right. he just beats him to death. The second one, yeah, it's an accident. Yeah. It's a fatal accident, and it's his. It's all the other things he's done catching up to him in that moment. Mm-hmm. All the reflexive denials and mm-hmm. escaping and everything. He just lashes out, and that's enough. Yeah. And it's yeah, and it's heartbreaking because we know both of them so well. Yes, and and there's that weird for a split second your brain thinks well it's probably for the best he was dying anyway and that's getting that's the movie just getting you onto Gears' side for a second Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I finally understand how his mind works and then we snap back into what's really going on and it's just horrible
1: yeah yeah
0: um yeah, sorry. Don't, no, totally derails the movie uh, to uh, derails the, the conversation. But it's just like this incredible, powerful moment that springs up, and e- then, then you're just left with the carnage. You're left e- Yeah, with the
1: with the, bur- with the burnt fields, right? Yeah. Everything's everything's just there's nothing
0: torched. Yeah. It's over.
1: Yeah, except this young girl who's left sort of to wander the world, mm-hmm. and the-
0: she's the casualty of this murder
1: as well because
0: they can't stay. They, there's nothing left. No. They have to run.
1: Her brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, left to float down, you know, he's floating down the stream. That great image of him going in the water—you see it. You see him shot from below. I heard that they shot that years later. Really? Yeah, oh, I didn't know with that. Uh, in, in Sissy SpaceX an aquarium in Sissy Spacek's <laughs> house. You know, they or you know, like they, they had to kind of pull him out to L.A. to shoot it. Oh, I didn't
0: they, know that. I knew it was a post effect, but I didn't realize it was that far down the
1: yeah, line. Yeah, in just a, like a, a large aquarium in Spacek's house. I wonder if they learned that from Spielberg. Uh, yeah, shot
0: the Jaws the, the boat scene in Jaws when they find Ben Gardner's boat the close ups underneath the boat of Dreyfus finding the tooth those were added the head coming out that was in a swimming pool really? yeah oh my god! I gosh. mean the boat is really out on water but yeah. when they cut to the underwater stuff it's, yeah. it's post shots it's all pickups oh fantastic and it would have been right around the same time
1: yeah yes it would have been eh? it would have yeah. yeah. been 74 ripples. 75 they in fact I think about. 78 was Jaws 2 oh god that's Right, I think it would have been seventy.
0: The fact that those things occupy the same space—I know, theatrically. So, did you see it on its initial release? Were you able to? I did. First saw it.
1: I saw that. uh, Again, I think I would have been seventy-eight. I would have been. I was in university, Mm -hmm. and I would have trucked down and seen it. Yeah. Yeah, man, I didn't see it in the theater until.
0: Until I was almost 30, I think. Yeah. It was playing forever. It was always in circulation at the reps. reps but it was yeah. always in a crappy print. And yeah, I, yeah, everyone yeah. would say, no, 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 wait for a re-release, wait for a re-release. And they just never did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it finally, I think I saw it at the Bloor, which was a decent screen at least. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen it in 70mm, which was the whole big deal of the, re- the special
1: right. uh, release prints that
0: were created. And it was an event in a way that films of that nature weren't. Mm-hmm um and i never got the experience of it and i always wondered what it was I just what would it be like to receive this film in 1978 not knowing what you were getting into and and you look had you seen badlands were you familiar i had
1: not seen badlands okay so so and i in fact i have not seen i had not seen badlands i didn't get to see badlands until actually about i'd say about seven years ago okay i watched it finally i got i don't know i gotta see it um and, and was blown away by it I really was I thought yeah. oh god this is so good but it, you know different world and, and stuff that he'd created and, but again confident like it, storytelling um, um, but I had been a big fan of his subsequent work. you know like uh, sure. Red Line and you know New World the uh, one with Brad Pitt Tree of Life Tree of Life I loved yeah, I just love that film.
0: I'm gonna to have to go back and check my uh, Badlands episode because I don't want to tell the story twice on the podcast. But I ended up doing a Q and A with Chastain. Didn't talk about his process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even when the audience started asking really pointed questions in the Q and A she portion, just, she's like, "Well, you know, he doesn't like to talk about it, so I don't want to talk about it." Yeah. She she was incredibly protective. Uh, she talked about things that happened on the day. Yes. Um, the scene where she gets the call. Uh, in the in the kitchen right and collapses oh yes yeah, yeah they shot that for two weeks and it was malik over her shoulder with the camera half the time or two-thirds of the time and the other third he was it was reaction shots but just they would they would finish the shoot for the end of the day and she'd be completely wrung out and yeah. exhausted and they say okay we're gonna pick this up again tomorrow at 10 o'clock wow. and she just what didn't you get yeah what and she wouldn't she stopped herself asking that she stopped herself telling that story because it would have Related his, his answer. Right. So she's... she's she didn't that, want to look... Yeah, yeah, didn't want to look she's for it. that uh, protective that. And, and just... She said that you work with him for two days and you trust him for six years. Whatever My happens, God. it's just... It's in, on... It's his In
1: Isn't that, that nice, I like to hear that sort of...
0: Yeah. Just a director who can command that kind of loyalty without asking for it. Mm-hmm. I, I find... You know, I... I... Somehow, I know I'll never talk to him because that's what he wants. Yeah. And I it hurts a little because I would love to just talk to him and find out how I his head works.
1: I know, and yet I've made the mistake of, of you know, talking to, say, sculptors or something, oh, people yeah. that I've, like, work i would admired or something. And then somewhere it just, it, it it takes the magic out of it somewhere. Yeah. You know, so maybe it's a good thing that you don't get I know, I, I, I do too. I there are people that I go, oh, I would love to sit and just sort of chat for a half hour, an hour, whatever, 15 minutes. But, there are questions i had a chance one time gus van Sant. oh yeah i was just flying through an airport one time and uh, my flight got canceled and i sat down and i said hey you know you mind if i sit here i didn't you know it was just a little like you know el polio loco or something i don't know what it was it was within sure. like, the airport right yeah, yeah and and he said yeah please sit down and i didn't know it was him and i, I looked up from where I, you know and it was him he says can i buy you a martini i said no man I, you know i don't drink but he says uh, can i he said, well, I'm going to get one. We, was, we sat and yaked and it was right after uh, Elephant came out. Or, or, oh, okay, yeah. Or, 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 2004-ish, right? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, it had been out maybe, and I'd seen it. I'm a big fan of his work anyway. Well, we just saw sort of Yacht, and he was the most pleasant. He really he is, yeah. Beautiful man. And, and uh, like, you would walk past him and I think that's why I ended up sitting at the table with him you know again it was just like a little little coffee shop whatever it was you know yeah, no, he's airport mart yeah. unassuming presence I, he was a lovely cat I, I, I asked him about you know some scenes or something you know we got yakking I never told him that I was an actor I just oh, left yeah. it at the, you know and just I, I no need to get into it yeah and, um, but he was I found him to be beautiful he was yeah, a lovely man he is lovely his new movie is uh, the John Callahan movie. yeah I haven't had a chance to see it yet um, yeah I like his work yeah
0: so um, we've we've kind of talked about it. We've come around to it with yeah. with the conversation about the drama. but specifically with Days of Heaven, is there anything? This is the you know the closer question of the podcast is always. Yeah. is there anything of this movie that you've borrowed or stolen or drawn upon
1: or absorbed into your own creative DNA? Have you used Days of Heaven in your own work? Not consciously, mm-hmm. I haven't used it consciously, but I think again, drawn to things that. Um, um, that touch me, the kinds of performances that to touch me, and they, you know that changes as as one matures. Sure, you know, sure. I find that there that I'm more drawn by things that are are subtle, and I think you know there was a period of time where when they first you know talked to me about doing this film, the uh, the Jar Boy, <laughs> yeah. that I I was really reticent to do it, and not because I'm in in the habit nor in the uh, you know the place to turn stuff down, um, but I, I thought I would I would not do not justify really the material, uh, and I didn't think I could really do a a, a a job of this particular role, and I said no, I don't think so. I think you maybe should be looking at other guys, and and I think because I had had a, I'd never seen the play. Okay, I'd never seen Michael's play. And I know Michael, you know, I've worked with him. I know all the people who were in the original production. I knew them, and I knew Miles, who directed the play originally. So I knew, uh, I knew, and I knew of its success. And somewhere I thought that they were looking for something else. And I thought, they'll get me up in front of that camera, and these eyes get pretty dark pretty fast. And I am going to be... The wrong guy, and they're going to figure that out about day two, okay. and they're going to get very scared, and and I said I I would rather not you know have to be replaced than than than, than uh, and go through all that and put them through that. So I kind of hemmed and hawed and said no initially, and then we talked about it. Then we went to go to uh, I, I I the character that I play has head trauma. Mm-hmm. And so I said, yes, I'll go. I guess I'll, I'll do it. And I immediately called up and went up and started to, was invited to go to this beautiful place called Cheers, which is C-H-I-R-S. But it's a place for people with head trauma to congregate. Okay. And I started to go and meet them and meet doctors and meet doctors and and spend a little bit of time and I was welcomed with, with people with severe head trauma and then I started to go oh I can get this I understand this this is not doesn't just have to have a light edge to it, it you know which I was afraid would be expected of me or whatever and Aviva and and um, Arturo were both adamant they said that's not what we're looking for we want something with a slightly darker edge to this character so I said okay And then I started to realize the frustrations that people go through uh, living with head trauma. The things, you know, they they have visions or remembrances of what their life was like but they can't, they know that that's not what's happening now. Right. And uh, so that started to kind of um, open up the world for me. And then I could make it more realistic Uh, 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 for myself, really. And uh, hopefully it's worked out in the film, you know. Uh,
0: oh, I would think so, yeah.
1: But it but, uh, but, uh, uh, was a, that lived-in quality, I think, that I wanted to have. And also having had an experience living on a farm and working on a farm and stuff, that I, for me, I w- wanted to make sure that, uh, uh, that that part of the story was authentic, feeling, and uh, I could tell even immediately when we started to try costumes on and look at costumes that Arturo was going, yep, nope, that doesn't work. That, that doesn't work. And what he ended up getting, I think, was the way people look when they're, they're on the farm. It's not, uh, you know, the clothes aren't, aren't, uh, you know, overall bibs right. necessarily. It had, a, it had an authentic feel. I could begin to smell it. And that's what really started to draw me into when we started to kind of put it all together. Um, and, you know... Cabot had a beautiful look to the film he bought this thing uh, he had this lens called the tobacco lens which he popped on um, he found and 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 started to construct the look of the film but it was to make it look somewhat like those old Polaroids from the 70s oh yeah so oh, he sure, had a certain lens and on yellowing it yellowing kind yeah, of yeah, yeah yeah and I know, I've never heard of that yeah did. so that kind of um, all those qualities started. I started to see the artistry come into the piece and, and uh, uh, they, they were they were on to something that was going to be hopefully very special. So I, I think uh, that's kind of what, you know, hopefully... So it's the authenticity. It's The, the authenticity of it. For, yeah, you know. the authenticity of it. Um, uh, also allowing things to sit, allowing scenes to sit and not feel that you have to kind of keep moving the dialogue. You have to keep moving, um, um, you know, the action it's yeah. not a you know a whole lot of action in this piece, but there are scenes that are uh, that within it uh, are compelling and move, uh, but in a different way, in, in a in a, a way that allows you to sit with the characters, and then get to know them that that way. Hmm. And I find that 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 uh, yeah, that's what drew me to Days of Heaven, and I think that's you know in terms of this particular piece the drawer boy makes me feel proud of it yeah so there's a
0: a resonance a resonance there's a feel that yeah something that that pulls you
1: in yeah yeah and 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 uh, the juxtaposition of moments of joy and and celebration life's celebration and the moment and and then moments of real uh, getting down to business you know (laughs) uh, 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 profound moments, I think. Proper drama. Proper drama, yeah.
0: My thanks to Stuart Hughes, who you can and should see in The Drawer Boy, now streaming on highball.tv. Thanks also to Winnie Wong. She knows what she did. Stuart's not on Twitter, but you can follow The Drawer Boy at Drawer Boy Film, all one word, and you can find Days of Heaven in an exquisite Blu-ray and DVD edition from the Criterion Collection. It's also available on iTunes and Google Play, but really, Criterion Blu-ray, only way to go. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at NowToronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-C-A-S-T, and on the web at SomeoneElsesMovie.com. If you feel like leaving a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy the show, that would be greatly appreciated. Every little bit helps. It truly does. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. <laughs>